Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, senior pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends who have joined us by live stream. We thank God for the opportunity to worship Him on this Lord's Day that we have set aside in order to lift up the name of our Savior and also to get instructions from him through the word of God as to how we ought to live our Christian lives. So let us be ready to hear the word of God. You might ought to always be according to your liking or or liking, but um, God gives us information in his word which is designed to help us to be the people that he wants us to be. And so today I'm looking at the topic, Rejoicing in Suffering. Last Sunday I spoke about the connection between suffering and glory. In Romans chapter 8, where Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Today I want to look at another aspect of suffering given to us by Paul in Romans chapter 5, rejoicing in suffering. Now suppose you were to notice an ad in the newspaper offering a wonderful opportunity to make a lot of money. Described in the ad is a job opportunity with a starting salary of half a million dollars. That kind of ad would certainly catch anyone's attention. And suppose you fit all of the qualifications for the job as you started writing or reading, you would no doubt be excited about the possibility. But then you come to the last paragraph in the ad, and there you find stated that one of the qualifications for the position is that the applicant must be able to endure prolonged and intense physical pain and suffering. Would you still be interested? It is probably safe to say that no normal person like pain. Pain and suffering are things we like to avoid as much as possible. 
But the truth is that we all must face a certain amount of pain and suffering in this life. Suffering has been and will always be a part of living on this planet called Earth. We don't like it very much, but this is the reality of the situation that we face. So if some of you are going through pain, trouble, or difficulty right now, you are not alone. Suffering is something that all Christians are called to experience in one way or another. Yet there is no question more difficult for us to handle than this one. Why does God allow his children to suffer? According to Paul in Romans chapter 5 and 3, the Christian's response to suffering is to rejoice. Paul says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Now, here's where many people have a problem. They say, I can't buy that. Do you mean to say that God is telling me that when I'm hurting and in pain, I'm expected to be glad and happy and rejoice in it? It's not human. It's not natural. And there are many people who feel this way. I think we can all understand the attitude of the lady whose pastor went to see her when she was going through a great deal of suffering. She kept complaining and griping about it. Her pastor stopped her and said, I don't think you should talk that way. Christians are not to talk that way. The lady became very upset. Why? I don't understand, Pastor. I think when God sends us tribulation, he expects us to tribulate a little bit. (laughs) And most of us feel the same way. We feel like tribulating, and we do. But it is instructive to note that not only Paul, who tells us to rejoice, but the the unanimous testimony of the writers of the New Testament is that we are to rejoice in our sufferings. We are told by all of them that suffering is something that does something to us. So first Peter chapter four, twelve and thirteen says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, says in Matthew 5, 11 and 12, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So let's take a closer look at what rejoicing and suffering really means. But first, let me state what it does not mean. First, it does not mean that we 
should rejoice when we suffer, or, or let's put it another way, that we should simply grin and bear what is going on in our lives. Tough it out. See how much you can take or just hang in there until it's over. Now, many people feel that if they do that, they are rejoicing in suffering. But this is not what Paul is saying. Now, there are non-Christians who can do that. Sometimes people who are not Christians will put us to shame by the things they can take without complaining. But secondly, rejoicing in suffering does not mean that we are to enjoy our pain and hurt and somehow be glad when tragedy occurs and our hearts are hurting. That is not what Paul is saying. And thirdly, rejoicing in suffering does not mean that we are to pretend that we are happy. Now, there are some who think this passage is saying that when you're in public, you should put on an artificial smile and act happy, even though inside you are really hurting. And, um, and we, we do that all the time. So you come to church and someone says, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine. And of course, you're not fine, but that's a way of, um, of presenting yourself uh, publicly. You don't want people to, to be sorry for you in what you're going through. You see, Christianity is never phony. The scripture clearly tells us to have a genuine sense of rejoicing. So the question really is, how do you get to the place where you can rejoice in suffering? That is what Romans uh, chapter 5, 3 through 5, is all about. Paul gives us four things that suffering produces. One, suffering develops perseverance. Romans 5.3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. James 1 2 and 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And in verse 12, James also says, God will bless you if you don't give up when your faith is being tested. He will give you a glorious life just as he rewards everyone who loves him. See, perseverance or patience is the ability to stick in there, to hang with it when the going gets tough. Perseverance is the opposite of panic or, or bailing out. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? And the first trial that you, you encountered, you're in a panic over what was happening, fearful that it could wreck everything and destroy your hopes and dreams. You were just like the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee when the storm was raging 
they panicked. They shook Jesus and said, wake up, don't you know that we are about to perish? And the Lord did as he does with some of us. He stood up and said, don't panic. Then he said to the storm, peace be still, and quiet came. You see, you go through a time of suffering, and you are all panicky, because you don't know what's going to happen. Then the Lord gets you out of it, and you think, thank God that's all over. I'll never have to go through that again. I've learned my lesson. And two weeks or a month later, there is another storm in your life. But this time you've been through it once, so you don't get quite so panicky. You learn something. You learn about yourself first. You learn that you're not as strong as you thought you were. Then you learn something about the Lord. You learn how gracious he is. You learn that he can handle events in ways that you couldn't dream of or anticipate. You see God working things out in ways you could never have guessed. So the third and fourth time that a trial comes up, you are steadier and you don't panic. You allow it to work itself out. And that is what Paul is saying here, that... um, Suffering produces perseverance. Suffering develops endurance. If you didn't suffer, you would never have that quality of perseverance or endurance. But secondly, perseverance develops strength of character. Romans 5, 4 and 5 And endurance builds character which gives us a hope that will never disappoint us. And in Philippians chapter 1 and 20, Paul says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. See, the Greek word for character carries with it the idea of being put to the test and approved. It is the idea of being shown to be reliable. Perseverance produces reliability. Character is something that comes from our experience of going through the fire, going through the trials and the tribulations of life. You see, when we have withstood the test and responded well, we become approved or qualified. Think about the kind of people who have made a difference in your life. The kind of people we respect are those who have substance and depth to their faith in God. These are people who have something to say because they have gone through the valley. They have gone through the fire and come through stronger. They trusted God even when they had no answers and could see no immediate end to their suffering. Perseverance, faithfulness, and a Christ-like character are not qualities our culture honors today. And the reason is because Our culture thinks that happiness is the ultimate goal in life. 
You see, if we are honest, we think the world exists to make us happy. And if we are even more honest, we think that God exists to make us happy. But pain interrupts our pursuit of happiness. In order to be happy, we would rather have the problem fixed immediately than allow God to use the pain to mold our character and to teach us to trust him. But number three, strength of character produces hope. Romans 5, 3 and 4, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. In, in verse 2, Paul speaks of rejoicing in hope, the hope of sharing the glory of God, a hope for the future beyond death. Here in verse 4, Paul is speaking of hope that is focused on what God is doing right now in our lives. We have hope that God is producing the image of Christ in us right now. And this hope is a certainty, not just a possibility. We are being changed. We see ourselves being changed. We are becoming more like Jesus we can see that we are more thoughtful, we are more compassionate, we are more loving, we are more willing to uh, extend ourselves to others. We are becoming more like Christ, stronger, wiser, more patient. You see, hope is a, is a conscious decision to trust in God's sovereign power. Hope makes us optimistic that God is doing something eternal in us. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promises and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. So number four, hope will not disappoint us, or does not disappoint us. Romans 5, verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. We know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You see, hope makes us confident. Paul is explaining why our hope does not disappoint us. He says because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. He says suffering does not automatically produce in us perseverance, character, and hope. You can go through suffering as a Christian and be filled with anger, rage, and resentment against God. What makes the difference? The difference is seeing your suffering as evidence of God's love and not of his wrath. The Holy Spirit will pour into your heart an experience of the love of God so rich and glorious that you cannot help but rejoice in your suffering. But if you see your suffering as evidence of God's wrath, then you will be frustrated, angry, resentful, and miserable. I'm sure that anyone who has gone through any degree of suffering knows that in the moment of pain and hurt, 
it is easy to feel that God does not love you, that God has abandoned you. It is easy to feel rejected and unloved. You see, we are so used to thinking that love is something that blesses us and takes care of us, that it is impossible for us to think we are being loved when we are hurting. Jesus never promises us a problem-free life or a life where there is no suffering. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Jesus offers us his friendship as one who stands with us, making it possible for us to persevere, to reach the breaking point and not break. You see, if you're hurting today and wondering if you can hang on for another day, my prayer is that you will choose to hold on to God and let him love you and transform you through your pain. Let me share with you the experience of a man who suffered greatly. Dr. Gerald Sitzer was a professor at Whitworth College, a Christian college located north of Spokane, Washington. One day while he was driving home from a family outing with his mother, his wife of nearly 20 years, and four children, a car driven by a drunk driver swerved across the center line and hit them head on. In that moment, he lost his mother, his wife, and two-year-old daughter. In his book, A Grace Disguised, Dr. Sitzer shared some of the things he learned in the years after the accident. He said, the accident itself bewilders me today as much as it did three years ago. Much good has come out of it, but all the good in the world will never make the accident itself good. It remains a horrible, tragic, and evil event to me. Yet the grief I feel is sweet as well as bitter. I have a sorrowful soul, yet I wake up each morning joyful, eager for what the new day will bring. Never have I felt so much pain as I have in the last three years, yet never have I experienced as much pleasure in simply being alive. Never have I felt so broken, yet never have I felt so whole. Above all, I have become aware of the power of God's grace and my need for it. My soul has grown because it has been awakened to the goodness and the love of God. God is growing my soul, making it bigger and filling it with himself. My life is being transformed. And we could go on and on. Brothers and sisters, God will not give you more than you can bear. He knows the burdens that you bear. He knows the frustrations that you have. And he knows the grief that you experience when you lose a loved one.
God knows about the tears that you have shed. He knows about the troubles that you have encountered. He knows about the trials that you have faced. He knows about the pain that you have felt and the hardships that you have suffered. He knows when your pain gets uncontrollable and unbearable. He knows when faith gets tried and tested. He knows when the spirit gets low and lonely. But he promises never to leave you nor forsake you. He promises to be with you when you are going through the valley of the shadow of death. And he promises to make all things work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Therefore, we can rejoice in our suffering and give thanks for everything that God allows in our life. The words of the hymn writer uh, is very meaningful here. He says, We have the joy of this assurance. The Heavenly Father will always answer prayer. And he knows, yes, he knows just how much we can bear. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.